What is going on, everybody? Happy Monday, February 28th, last day of February? Yeah. Oops. How about that, man? That was one of my crazy revelations this weekend, and this will sound just a little dumb to a, gr- to a degree, but I guess we did just record the weekly dumb. Um Especially Northeast people are going to appreciate this. I know we're a worldwide international show. Winter's like... It's kind of in our rear view. Like, tomorrow's March? We've had, what, one snowstorm, BBD? If that? One, like, real one. And then... Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh like, I, I think we're we're past like blizzard times. Like I don't think we like can get one again. Like March can sneak one in on you. I'm not, you know. Yeah, I've, li- it- I've lived enough northeast winters to know that they'll sneak one in on you, but still, it's uh it's pretty nutty. We've had some warm winter days. Um yeah. I mean, they make we mix in the like fake starts of spring. Sure. And today it is cold. We're gonna but... get a ton of pump fakes. You're gonna have, you're gonna have thirty degree days in April. Like I, I know yeah. all of it. I've lived it. But man, yeah, it's it does stay cold, sneaky into April. I, I guess, guess like I feel like like Memorial Day is the first time. It's like from then on, like yeah, like you can put away your sweatshirts and stuff. But yeah. But, I mean, like you still you still get like days you need that in May. It's gonna be but... cold. It's just you. You know, there's weeks where you have more snowstorms than New York's gotten this whole winter. Like yeah. two big snowstorms in a normal year in the same week would easily outdo this winter. So I don't know. I guess in a yeah. way I'm appreciative. I also try to view things through Jess's eyes now because she grew up not in the Northeast. You're a little more attentive to, to how the weather's behaving. But yeah, man, that was, uh, I went went down to... Uh, Coral Gables, Miami, for the weekend. Uh, just a getaway weekend, relaxing. Although I did see at the Heat game, that was Floyd Mayweather with all the chains, AB, A-Rod. Mm-hmm. So I kind of blew it there. Should have tricked into that. Um, But it was a good weekend. And uh, baseball, which I know a lot of you people are... John Boy, play it again, BBD. Baseball! You know, a lot of John Boy Media fans uh, because of all of this baseball stuff. And we are apparently up against it. Today is CBA deadline day, and there are a couple things that need to be cleared up about that. 
I do love the beat writers that get into the anals of what everything means because they just take it a step too far. MLB made a fake deadline for today. What does that mean? I believe that means, and we'll get some tweets as the days come, as the days come, as the day goes. I don't know. We'll see how hard they try to grind this out. It seems like they're super far away. And if you've heard us talk about talking baseball and something I think I've been on since the start, and and not that Jim or Trev ever disagreed with that or BBD or anyone. Hell, Buster only agreed to it over the weekend. It's when we first did one of our off-season episodes, like true off-season, like World Series ended... We were eyeing the offseason. And remember, and I mentioned this to Passon the other day when he was on Talking Baseball, there used to be a ton of optimism around this getting done. Like, both sides. Yeah. And maybe optimism... Optimism's the right and the wrong word. Um, people didn't think a lockout was going to happen. And maybe that was just being blind. Maybe it was what it was. And hey, maybe in 12 hours today, we're going to find out that this is why they were right. Maybe the owners come down because that's the other thing that's funny on the internet. You know, I reply to Buster Olney's tweet. um, And I say what I was getting to before is that both sides think that losing games is their most powerful chip. They think that's what they have in their back pocket. If we want to make this real and go to war, we will not play the games. The owners obviously think the players coming off of a COVID season and the short lifespan of being a player, that they're going to be desperate to get these games in. Players send it right back. They say if we want the change that we need to see going forward, then we need to miss games if the owners won't come down. And guess what? The owners haven't come down at all. And I think that was the... If you've been watching this at surface level, lever, maybe even not surface level, if you've been kind of into this, or if you're uh, you know in the weeds in Twitter and you like mixing it up and getting involved, finding out the owners... On the CBT. What's CBT stand for? That's the um, Collective Bargaining, bargaining tax? tax? Competitive Balance Tax. Competitive Balance Tax. We, we got there. CBA, that, CBT. if you have no familiarity, has essentially become a salary cap of sorts. I believe last year the only team that was above the CBT was the Los Angeles Dodgers. That, from the start, has been what everyone says is the most important issue to get done here. And our first update on that was the owners raised it by $1 million. Dr. Evil, huge, topical, edgy. Hmm. And it's $1 million f- like for the second year, and the, none of the other numbers changed. <laughs> yeah. it, and- it was a gag offer. Like, let's, let's call it what it is. And... Like, there's a built-in agreement that it goes up at whatever percent every year, whatever it is. Right. So they increased one of those by $1 million, which is 
Which is nothing. Is nothing. Is nothing. Uh, on a scale of what? $214 million that it's currently on? On a scale of what this sport makes? On what the CBT is supposed to be? It was a joke. It was a gag offer, basically. So, uh, when that news break it breaks, it's kind of like, all right, I mean, we're heading nowhere. You know, still Heyman, which never really counts, and a couple other people that are like, you know, they basically keep putting out this tweet that is besides the main issues, we're not that far off, which is hilarious. And the other tweet that I retweeted the other day was that the conversations were good, but nothing got checked off. Hmm. Which I retweeted and said, try that at work tomorrow. Just tell wherever you work that conversations were really good, but nothing got done. So, I don't know. We uh, Nothing's done or particularly close. <laughs> but And I mean, the thing that's even more hilarious. So, don't get me wrong. I have an understanding of how the business world works. You know, when there's a deadline, sides are more passionate about getting something done. And that's kind of why the MLB created this fake deadline. And that's where you're going to see a lot of not clarifying tweets that are almost more confusing today of people saying like, you know, the, if, if after today they don't get the deal done and the owners say, hey, we're going to cancel opening day. You're going to see some confusing tweets that say like, they can't even do that. Both sides need to agree on that. Well, in a way, they kind of have if there's no deal. So, let's jump to players and owners a little bit because <laughs> there are a lot of people that... The John, the John Boy Media haters that, that try to jump in wherever they can. I was losing it the other day because, again, I, I reply to Buster only. King Buster. Short King Buster. And by the way, if you haven't read Ken Rosenthal, speaking of short kings... Go read his article with The Athletic. Incredible. He, uh, mm. He's the man. Um, Buster only tweeted, the next big move in baseball talks must come from the owners who should understand that even if they win these CBA negotiations, the damage they could do to their product could be long-lasting through a loss of games and by further alienating their theoretical partners, comma, players. Absolutely. This happened at 4 a.m. I was up. Wasn't sleeping well. I said, I'm up too, Buster. I said both sides think the games are their leverage. Accurate. This is what I was saying before. Uh, both sides think that's their their final chip to play. Um, and I think the owners have a number in mind that they're willing to let games go, whether it's 60, whether it's 100, who knows, as long as they get a season and some playoffs. I think that is what the owners have on their side. A little a little presumptuous or guessing, but I think that makes sense. We just went through a 60-game season two years ago uh, in the COVID year without fans, so they've got some of their financials lined up on that. And then last year, we had fans in the stands in a limited capacity to start the year and then Sliding filled out. And... So I think the owners all probably have a pretty decent number if we get X amount of games in what that formula means and what do they have to give up. And I don't think it's 162. That's why these owners are fighting for the playoffs because that's where they get bigger money. So, I don't have a passing button, but passing button, passing tweet, not passing, but um, the we got 
rumors about this yesterday, but the, the Jeter thing just happened. Oh, really? He stepped down from the Marlins. That's live. Who tweeted that? Craig Mish. Derek oh. Jeter and the Miami Marlins have decided to mutually part ways. There's the pass and tweet. Derek Jeter stepping down as CEO of the Marlins. Wow. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, stepping down effective immediately. You know, we'll have to. Uh, we'll have to send a thank you. Someone did. Uh, did DM us. You know, and again, it was just kind of a loose source, and this didn't feel like our news to break. But uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder what details are to come from this. Because I, I don't know the full ramifications. Um, is this something that has been in the work? Is this something that ties into the negotiations and everything that's going <clears throat> on right now? I have no idea. We, we jokingly talked about this on Talking Baseball the other day. Because that's what Trev said. Trev was like, where does Jeets stand on all this? Because he's kind of an owner, right? Yeah. Like, that I was mean... part of his contract with the Marlins. With the ownership group. Was that, like, he was getting a salary and a percentage of the floor. The, are they the Miami Marlins Miami now? Marlins. Yeah, right? I was just down there. They, yeah. It's, my, my, that's where my mind jumped when we started talking about the possibility in our group chat yesterday. It was like, I don't know, is this like a, is this tied to that? Derek Jeter behind me Player right now stuff. as we do this. Uh we will find out more about this. I wonder, again, when they do the documentary or 30 for 30 on this, is this a monster piece? Is this the beginning of the story? Is this the end of the story? I have no idea. Uh, I'm interested to find out. We uh no inside info on that, except someone told us that they thought this they was, thought happening, was happening. And it was, so that's kind of cool and bizarre. Um, anyways, uh, with the owners and the players... I mentioned that tweet and reply to Buster. Both sides were using everything as leverage. The games as leverage. That was their final chip yeah. to play. And that's where, when I kind of connected that dot in my head a while ago, I thought we were going to get a lockout. We'll see what that means. Uh, and then I, I mentioned that, you know, the negotiation tactic of not negotiating. Hmm. People assumed I was linking both sides to that, and that part I was just replying to Buster that said the owners had to make the next move. When you go back to the COVID season, and if you recall, the owners offered the same thing every time. The owners had three separate offers to the players. If you wrote them down on paper, they were exactly the same. They were exactly the same Every time. So when the owners throw out that $1 million offer, it's the same negotiating tactic. It's not negotiating. It's honestly a comedy show where Rob Manfred was brought in and made commissioner of baseball because of his negotiating background. That's why the owners chose him is that his negotiating tactic is to not negotiate. So, the other thing, and tying this to the Ken Rosenthal piece, which, again, is a must-read, when and if they come up with a deal, 23 of the owners have to sign off on it. Not half. Not 51%. 23 of the 30 owners have to give it the thumbs up. 
Ken references it briefly in the piece, and I, I don't know how much of it is a little bit of angst against Rob Manfred, and I don't hold Ken... <laughs> I don't hold it against Ken if he was. He said he's not sure that 23 of the owners would agree to anything. Hmm. Between the small market owners, between the large market owners, the medium, and where Bobby Manfred sits, Uncle Rob... With that Jeter news that just came out, I, I think it's going to be a funny, I don't know, I don't think juxtaposition is the right word, and I'm not very good with words as is, but let's say this is kind of the start. And let's be honest, there's a pretty good chance it is. Because if games start getting canceled and the schedule starts getting messed with, like, it's not like one game gets canceled and everyone gets a lot more serious. Like, if games... Once they start being lost, there's not... Once games start getting lost, again, with both sides thinking this is their leverage, there's going to be a another dark period. We're going to go silent. The meetings will stop. So... Like, we maybe get a few more days of them genuinely meeting and talking to see if they can do it while losing less than whatever number, but... At, at some point, there's a number that's like, okay, they don't care if they lose another 30 now. And you rumors, know what I mean? Rumors from the chat is that there's a Jeter statement. Let's see. Fine, Sam. Today, I'm announcing that the Miami Marlins and I are officially ending our relationship. I will no longer serve as CEO nor shareholder in the club. We had a vision five years ago to turn the Marlins franchise around, and as CEO, I've been proud to put my name and reputation on the line to make our plan a reality through hard work, trust, accountability, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That said, the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Now is the right time for me to step aside as a new season begins. My family and I would like to thank our incredible partner. Interesting. So, whew, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I really, I still don't know what you do with that. Uh, if you're Jeets, literally a hype poster of him behind me, this can go down as an all-time cool guy move. Like, if the players and the owners are at this pivot point that everyone believes it is, of kind of the future of baseball, the players really want to rework a ton where the owners don't. The owners are happy. They're fat cats right now. And the players, so much has changed. How we evaluate players has changed. The value of players and their age at the time. If you're over 30 now and you're not an elite player, you're like on the outs of baseball. You really are. So I don't know. I wonder if Cheater somehow spins this back to the owners. I wonder if there's other stuff going on with the Marlins. I assume there is to step down as CEO. This, like I said, with the documentary, I don't know if this is the start, beginning, middle, end. It kind of feels like the beginning where there's just a weird cheater part of it that when you watch the documentary five years from now, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember. Cheats retired the same day. Or Cheats retired. Cheats left the Marlins the same day that baseball decided it wasn't coming back. Um 
I think the Marlins just issued their statement. It's pretty milk toast, normal, what you'd expect. Mm. But, Did you say milk toast? Yeah. Is that a phrase? Milk toast? Yeah. Okay. Like um, meat and potatoes not, or what? Not spelled the way you think. Is it a cool new thing? Should I be mm, saying that? No. It's at, I believe it, it, the phrase is M I L Q U E toast. Actually, and the, the Google definition is a little different than the way I use it. I use it for boring, but there's is bland is one of the definitions. So I am using it not wrong. Oh, okay. I see. The they mean it a little more, now. a little more timid. Wow, uh, the people love it. So that's huge. Um. Doesn't feel good for my Marlins signing Nick Castellanos, Castellanos, which I've been on for a while. Kim's got him. Wow. So, I don't know, BBD on a, I guess the Jeter stuff, there's, it's really like, would be pure speculation at this point. I think we touched upon that. With, uh, with the baseball, and I know we have talking baseball coming up after this, is there... Is there any other big points to hit on? Yeah, and just on the point of the fake deadline. The part that's been confusing for me with that is, like, yeah, the owner set today as the deadline, but the players had already said, like, they would want five weeks or whatever from whatever an agreement is. So, cause, you know, they have, there's an off-season, half an off-season to go, and you got to get there and do optimally four weeks of a ramp-up. So, yeah, the owner set this deadline, but I think the players would have, and they would have liked it to be earlier anyway because they, they, they would have liked to play baseball. Yeah, I but mean. But we say they're using it as leverage. From a negotiating standpoint, they're trying to, um, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, if, if, if today was the real deadline, they'd have, it's like four and a half weeks. Yeah, which is enough. That said, like, I think if they got it done Wednesday. Everyone would figure it out. They probably also and, figure yeah. it out, yeah. Um, and that's where in my head, I, I had March 4th. I think that in my head, that was always the, like, you can't yeah, but, start spring training after that. Yeah, if but, you started, would that be the official like four weeks to go or whatever? You start at March 4th, you'd get enough time in again, the first week or two of games would be sloppy, but nobody would really care. So that's where I'm, I'm interested to see from today is if. The deadline ends. I've wanted to see who's going to be the first to fire off the opening day is canceled tweet. Is that going to be something from the owners? Is that going to be from passing? Would the players tweet that? I don't think so. The PA account does love tweeting, but I don't think they want to be the ones to announce that. I wonder if this quote-unquote deadline passes. Are we getting a new deadline? Is there going to be like, we're making progress. Let's do it for another 48 hours. Is there going to be a... We've moved the deadline to March 4th because that's actually a final deadline. Or is this just it? Um, yeah. is, are we getting a tweet tonight that says... Opening day opening is, canceled. is canceled. There's no plans for either side to meet. I, you know, that would probably be the Vegas favorite right now. Um, you know, we... Uh, is there an official time that that deadline I did, works? Um, like... Do I have to be up till midnight tonight? Yeah, I mean, isn't that the funny part? Joe's McFly was killing me with this the other day. We were talking about... Uh, if you really wanted to meet and get something done, 
Would you meet at 1 p.m.? To be fair, I think they are meeting right now. Right, but they started doing that Saturday. Yes. So that's where it's so funny. All week, that's been when they start meeting. And people were going at Joe saying, like, the players need time to work out in the morning. There's nothing to work out for if there's no CBA done. And they don't need every player and everything? I guess that's what I would tell you, is if you wanted to get something done, big time done, like livelihood on the line. This week when they got real and they met in Florida and they were doing it, they were meeting from 1 to 4 p.m. Give or take. And now Saturday, Sunday, they've started doing the all-day stuff. So maybe there is some progress going on. It seems like the big, massive issues... We hear new reports about postseason plans. We heard the ghost win postseason plan get reported yesterday. The idea that uh, for a three-game wild card, the home te- you get home field if you're the higher seed, and you only have to win two games, where the or other you, team would have to it's win best three. two out of three. Or you so only you'd have, have to win one. one game. Excuse me. So I. Uh, just the like yeah there's been air quotes progress this week like around the margins and stuff if we were at this point like a month ago we'd have been saying they haven't done anything yet because they haven't there has been marginal progress or whatever yeah i guess i guess that's an interesting way to look at it if these updates were a month ago because they didn't talk for Six weeks or right. whatever it 42 was. Right, 42 days or whatever it is. We're and 90 days into the lockout. Where everyone was skewing Manfred's words where they said, uh, you know, missing games would be devastating for the sport, yet, and, you know, they, they're they attacking this with urgency, except you skipped 42 straight days or whatever. Can I take a quick picture with Cheats? Just real quick? Yeah. Because um, he is I behind mean, you need me. that. Um. Got the pick. Yeah, man, I uh, I don't know. I, I guess at a certain point it becomes more and more speculation and we're going to find out answers in a couple hours. Um, could see a world... Because they are talking and they're making progress in smaller lanes. I could see a world where there's an extension, like a 48-hour extension to get something done. I could see yeah. a world where it's all shot down tonight. It's almost impossible to picture the tweet coming out like, this is happening. Um, cause there's just so many details that have to be crunched. And I, and I think like, yes, we cited that the, the CBT and, and, ev- and everything else like are the major thing, but there isn't like a single issue that's like, we have to decide this thing. It's just like a few of the big things. You know what I mean? I'm not using good words. Sure. So it's just, that's the other tough part of it. Like they both have clear thesis statements. I think for what their their goals would be here, and they've they seem to have agreed to most of the like postseason format and getting the universal DH and and all the other little things. But there's not like one specific issue that's like, all right, players just give it up and we're good, you, you know. So that part of it is just tough, and I, as someone that's been following it closely, yeah. I I mean the other. The other full optimistic spin here is that, and I've talked about this, is, so we just talked about the owners 
and what their limits are or whatever they're prepared for. Maybe this wall comes crashing, crashing down, and they just wanted to wait it out. Maybe the owners really want 162. I don't think so. I don't think that's a priority. It, it feels like they've got a number in mind that as long as they get if X they do plus postseason. Because that is the interesting wiggle here. If they, If the owners came with a CBT thing today that said like, hey, we're actually going to raise this and blah, blah, blah. That's the plan. I mean, it feels like all that Super 2 stuff is kind of figured out. The playoffs would just be the big piece of cake at the end of the tunnel. And I think players are somewhat open to it. There are some benefits there to both sides. Um, it's not like it's a straight-up no from the players. They It's a no because that's the, what the owners want the most. But Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, it's not that the players are united fully against expanding playoffs at all. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, we're doing Talking Baseball in a little bit. We're talking about a lot of this. And uh, we'll get updates as the day goes. If somehow this day ends with... <laughs> Who even knows? Who even knows what, what this day could end with besides... Both sides aren't meeting, but we'll find out. So buckle up. I think uh, here at John Boy Media, baseball company, we are, <laughs> well, we were a baseball company. We uh, we got the Blitzball League. There's another game coming out tonight. Me and John Boy returned to the arena. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. The new rules tonight. We are going to Arizona. We're doing an Arizona trip. Um, either way, with or without baseball, where we're going to be doing a ton of fun stuff. Uh we're doing a ton of other content, so I, you might have to enjoy some of that till then. If they announce baseball will be back tonight, holy crap. Our lives will be twisted upside down. Um, so, in the best way possible. So, we'll get ready for that. We'll see, uh, we'll see what else happens. Meanwhile, in the sporting world, I do think our eyes will start to turn. And BBD, I think... To quote you on this, you said it's a little. It's always been a little bit of a blind spot for you in the sports world, because I don't think you have a team in this arena in college basketball. Yeah, not really. It's um, like kind of whoever the big prospect is. I'll make sure I catch a couple games throughout the year. I'll so. say this: everyone loves March Madness, Avi, obviously. This weekend, college basketball, and college basketball has been going through some of its own issues. I mean, with talent leaving for the pros, not a ton. The high-end guys are either out of there so quickly or just don't care and end up in weird situations. Remember James Wiseman at Memphis, how much of a disaster that was? On Saturday in college basketball, the one through six Ranked teams all lost. <laughs> Number one, Gonzaga lost at St. Mary's. Number two, Arizona lost at unranked Colorado. Number three, Auburn lost at Tennessee. Number four, Purdue lost at Michigan State. Number five, Kansas lost at number 10, Baylor. Number six, Kentucky lost at number 18, Arkansas. One through six lost. I believe it's the first time. It's 
was the first time that's happened in a day. I think it's also the first time that's happened in a week of college basketball or something along those lines. Meanwhile, your number 17, the Duke Blue Devils. They dominated Syracuse. They looked nasty. Coach K's last year, if you like getting into storylines, which I do. And they have been rolling and have a couple top prospects that uh, the Dukies, well, they look like Duke people. Um, My UConn Huskies, I want to give them a shout-out. They've been playing a really good brand of basketball. They beat Villanova. They beat Georgetown, who stinks this year. I guess the big update, I'm not going to deep dive into standings or individual teams after I already shout out Connecticut and Duke. March Madness is approaching. College basketball is here. I'm excited for the slate tonight. Um, Big Monday. So tune into the warehouse games. Watch me and Jimmy. Has it been announced who we're facing? I guess people have seen the bracket by now, if you know. That's known. Um, Frisk, Hoodie Glaber. Saw them last game. Some rule changes. The the pitching was electric, but a little too much in the first round. So we tamed up the rules a little bit. Uh, And there's a lot more hitting the rest of the way in the tournament. But yeah, uh, college basketball, now's the time to tune in. At least these next couple weeks. I mean, next week... The end of next week is the conference tournaments, which those are always fun. I'm actually a little bummed out that uh, the Big East is in the garden and we'll be away for that. Um, There's a lot of fun teams this year. The Zags are back at it. Um, Auburn's been a a lot of fun with Bruce Pearl. Uh, Duke is back in the mix. Uh, Villanova, I mean, they just got beat by UConn, so is what it is, I guess. Uh, Yeah. The bigger thing, and it's where college basketball has almost crossed into a, like, not great spot. The beauty of college basketball is the upset. March Madness, 12 versus 5. Cinderella story. We get all of it. I just think those are becoming so common, it almost hurts. It's almost hurting the, the product a little bit. Like, the fact that one through six could go and lose road games, I don't necessarily see that as a great thing for the sport. I think parity is good to a degree. That being said, the NCAA tournament is always an awesome, always an awesome event. Um, You know, a lot of people still can remember back to, you know, two years ago when it got canceled, that that was one of the bigger daggers in the sports world like man right then man was that a bad feeling the thing that college basketball always does have going for it is that there's always storylines and there's always guys on the court that i say this in the most endearing way because i love it there's guys that don't belong to a degree you see it in nba playoffs You'll see teams play only seven or eight guys. Because if you see that ninth guy come in, they're just outmatched. They have a weakness that gets exploited. I think you see that in college basketball as well. And at the same time, you see some of those guys excel. You see the guy that's, you know, the fifth-year senior that can shoot. You see the guy that didn't get recruited by anywhere. 
Um, the storylines in college basketball are always awesome. And I think, I think a lot of these high-ranked teams, as I say, they can get upset at any time. And I already, I've already spotted a couple. I don't want to start a fight with my girl Braves Ashland. Auburn's going to get picked off kind of early in the tournament. This is my hot take I want out there. I mean, kind of early means a lot. They could still be a one seed. Might be sweet 16-ish. I want to see how their bracket lays out. They have one weakness that I don't want to put out there. I don't want to lose my take on it. Um, Gonzaga just never gets it done. Um, So, (laughs) Tom Ace in the chat. Imagine if Blitzball becomes so big a CBA needs to be negotiated and we get a lockout there. Hey. I mean, I've been trying to get us some more rights in Bino. It's been a secret. Which, by the way... If you're looking for sports, Bino tournament Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday night. Holy smoke. So 7 o'clock live stream begins. Like I said before, if baseball's not there, um, John Boy Media is going to have a whole bunch of other stuff. Baylor at Texas tonight. That's a fun one. Uh, so college basketball, your eyes kind of turn there. Some people are turning to the NBA. Uh, the 76ers, Harden and Embiid. Hmm. are starting to get it going. Kind of an ugly watch. Two incredibly talented guys. Um, Harden is such a good fit offensively with Embiid that they are going to be a tough out while we see how much the Nets can figure this out along the way. Um, I don't know. Is there any other like NBA news? I feel like the season is really hitting its tipping point. Uh, one thing, BBD, I know I just kicked it to you. Hmm. I got back last night, sit on the couch. I want to decompress. So I turn on a little shooty hoops. Who's on? The Los Angeles Lakers. Who's on the call? My guy Ryan Rucco. So I'm like, all right, I'll buckle in for this. Pelicans Lakers. The Lakers are awful. LeBron and the Lakers at home. They had 16 turnovers in the first half. Again, not to flex on you guys hard, because I just talked about talking to Ian Happ. I told Ruko, I can't believe that was a real half of Lakers basketball. My goodness. (laughs) And he responded, echoing those thoughts to a degree. I won't. I won't give away what Rucco said because he's an NBA man and he was calling the game. Um, I was in shock. In shock at what the Lakers looked like last night. Um, so, with that, BBD, what, what other NBA stories are out there right now that maybe we can keep eyes on? Uh, I think KD's back soon if he's not okay. already. And the, the Sixers are, I think, the team everybody's looking at because they're you know, getting hard in and him and Embiid have looked like a pretty good pairing, although not aesthetically pleasing. They've been getting to the line a ton. Right. I believe their first game, they combined for like 40-plus free throws in the first half. Yeah. Um, and They played the Knicks yesterday in a matinee. And Embiid had 37 points on seven field goals, at least at one point. Forget where he ended up. I think it was still there. So a lot of free throws happening. And, like, I think it, like, works. And Harden... 
and getting a little into Burrow the Night stuff because he's going to give it to him because he just looks good again. Um, He looks the same as he looked last year when he first got to the Nets and was like, oh, he looks like the best player in the NBA right now. And he looks kind of like that again. It's the weird NBA thing, right, where part part of me loves it. Like every time Harden starts dipping and not into it, he sucks. And then we're like, well, he's kind of fat. He's getting older. Like, I don't know. And then he go, ends up where he wants, and he's disgusting. He's he's just a little more motivated. And like, it sucks, but it is kind of cool. In his two games with Brooklyn, let's see, 28.5 points per, 14 assists per. With Philly. Nine rebounds per. Uh, <laughs> he's and, afraid. And, dude, uh, Embiid, I know we had this conversation around the All-Star game on any given night, could be the best player in the NBA. Uh, I I I know a lot of people are buying Sixers stock. I still would. Um, I know Harden can be an awful watch. Um, I think Embiid's just needed that guy that will have the rock in their hands to start the play and it not be Ben Simmons or Shake Milton. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey, who's looked really good off the ball. Um... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll drink all the Sixers stock. I think Brooklyn's Brooklyn's messy, dude. What's Ben Simmons going to look like? Kyrie Gross and I, you know, Kevin Durant could still also be the best player in basketball when he's back, but yeah, I'll I'll drink some Sixers stock. Easy. Easy. Um NHL BBD I've always got the hockey takes. I've been betting on hockey, which I should stop doing because that's basically like playing roulette because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, BBD, let's start wrapping it up. I know I see some Nets, Nick's comments in the chat. Heart's not strong enough for that. Uh, BBD, let us go to the bro of the night. Uh, bro of the night originally created to show off someone. And BBD, we'll actually get to that after we do the comment of the day. Right. <clears throat> Even though you kind of already gave yours, but that's okay. Comment of the day was originally created to bake the algorithm. Wake and bake. The bakers, you guys are the best. We had one of our silliest, longest episodes last week with our guy Taylor Hearn. Whew. Starting pitcher for your Texas Rangers. We did the best lefties draft. Hearn was fully into it, which was awesome. Um, He's the man. Uh, And we drafted lefties. Someone tweeted at me, very important. They saw Justin Bieber this weekend. They said they saw him in Disney, I believe. I guess maybe it wasn't this weekend. The way they delivered it seemed like he was. Uh, they said they are a firm 5'9", and they said they had an inch on beeps. So, just put that in your back pocket. Uh, Trevor Jones said, awesome draft BBD. Thought Randy Johnson might be getting snubbed. He said a good bonus pick would have been Rocky. Rocky yeah. Balboa, Southpaw. Surprised there wasn't another boxer there. And then Trevor Jones said, congrats on the company growth. Um Nomar LeBron, what a username. 
Love the draft episodes. This one definitely competes with the foolish baseball one you did a bit ago. Ooh. I praise Drake Souza. We need goatee Jake back. Uh, makes you from go from old man's thumb to old man's middle finger. That's a lot to dissect there. Um, Jake Ryan loved the magical messy pick. Uh, Nolan B said didn't show any love to Trevor's friend Kirsch. Kershaw, great lefty. Kind of not the king of cool. think Sandy Koufax might even go before Kershaw in Dodgers lefties. Yeah. <laughs> he could do like a Fernando Valenzuela argument. Uh, Kershaw, I don't even know what we're going to look back and tell our kids about his career because he's been so good and it's... Part of it's kind of like, bleh. I don't know. It's just It's just weird. His curveball is really nasty, but we never talk about it like Zito or anyone like that. The Kershaw stuff is weird. You guys are not weird, slash you're weird in the best way. Thank you for listening to last episode. Thank you for giving Taylor Hearn some love. Uh, He really, he had a blast, and he's just the man in general. Um, So, love ourselves some Hearn Hunge. BBD, that brings us to the bro of the night. You kind of already gave yours out. Yeah. James Harden. It is nuts, man. He's a... There's a part of him that's just so good at basketball that when he's locked in, it's it's actually an awesome watch. I'm... From like a nerdy standpoint, it's... He tricks me. (laughs) Like, know how you can watch... You can watch basketball and like you see someone making the back cut. So you're like, oh, that guy from the corner is making the back cut. Is he going to see him? And then they make the pass and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Or you see a bubble screen developing. James Harden on pick and rolls can tricks me being able to see the whole court and everything that's going on. He can wait to the last second to pass. He can finish in so many different ways. He kicks it out to guys that you don't think he sees. The foul stuff sucks, obviously, and NBA is going to have to work on that a little bit. Um, they are a little bit, but when Harden's right, it, I I it's, love fa- it's a fascinating him. watch, especially if you're watching in support of him. Yeah, and like he had his. And obviously in in Brooklyn this season didn't seem motivated. But when he is motivated, the defense. He used to have a certain reputation as just an awful defender worse in the league. And he just isn't that anymore. He gets a right. It's, it's a solid like team defense. Right. Five steals yesterday against the Knicks. Yeah, he well, I don't know if I'd credit Yeah. The Knicks uh, do not have a point guard. Couple issues there. Um Never had a point guard. Kemba's out for the year because they just mutually agreed to not play him anymore. Go Huskies. Uh, Mine goes to Jeter, stepping down for the players. Most noble man there's ever been. Uh, I was also going to give a little bro-bra in the golf world. Uh, My guy Sepp Straka comes out of nowhere to win the Honda Classic. Um, Also, Daniel Berger had like a like a five-shot lead and blew it. It was kind of sad. So it was going to be a little bit of bro-bro. But it just goes to Jeets. Yeah, Jeets, babe. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, Jeets. And that's the other thing. Uh, March Madness will be here. That'll distract us from baseball a little bit if we need a distraction. 
After that, it's going to be like the Masters. And then after that, it's the Nathan's hot dog eating competition. So there will be sports. There will be love. We'll see what kind of updates we get from the sporting world this week. That'll dictate Thursday's episode. If there's sports to talk about, we'll do that. If not, maybe we'll line up uh, another interview or draft or lineup. Something of the sorts. Something fun for you guys. It certainly seems like we can do something next week. No spoilers. Teaser. But we were... Someone coming. Might be a friend in studio next week. We'll get there. Uh, For you guys, good luck getting through this week. Hope we could help a little bit. Last day of February. March is here. In like a lion, out like a lamb. Mm -hmm. I think that's a thing, right? I think that's... Yeah. Or is it just in like a lion? Yeah. The fuck is that phrase? I I believe so. In like a lion, out like a lamb. I at least know the phrase you're talking about. March? For sure. It is about March. According to the Farmer's Almanac, Almanac or Almanac, who cares? If the weather at the start of the month was bad, like a roaring lion, the month should end with good weather, gentle like a lamb. Huh. Lambs look like clouds. Isn't that full circle shit? Uh, All right, everybody. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your week. We will catch up with you Thursday morning. Blitzball battle tonight. Me and John Boy back at it in the arena. Talking baseball up after this. Chris Rose Rose rotation. Tucker Barnhart. Like you mentioned, BBD, Bino stream Wednesday. JJTV, we're playing, we're watching. Farm to fame. Their Twitter's over 15K. Whoops. Whoops. We got some big apps. We have everything. People are starting to like those breakdowns. Bake the algorithm. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, Jeets. Let's get it, I guess. You know?